ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Oki Podcast. Finally back after all the historical events happening the last couple of weeks with the uh, ice and snow and all that. Uh, today's show, I have a very special guest. He is an actor, model, bodybuilder, and historian. And we're going to dive deeper into what else he does. So, hope you all enjoy this little convo we have and uh, give it a listen and hope you all enjoy it. Uh, Today, it's uh, Jake Tiger. Well, thank you for having me on. I mean, that's a pretty good intro. It's like (laughs) the jack of all trades. Um, What is that? Dos Equis. Most interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most interesting man in the world. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you for having me on. This, I mean, I love podcasts. It's, it's one of those things I love doing when, when I'm at work. I just turn on a podcast and just mm-hmm. go to work. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, what, you know, what do you want to talk about first? Want to talk about filmmaking, uh, modeling, bodybuilding? Uh, well, for the listeners, just kind of, you know, introduce yourself and okay, where yeah, you, yeah, yeah, where you sure. came from or where you grew up and all that. You know. Yeah, for sure. So, where I come from. Uh, I'm from Seminole County here in Oklahoma. Uh, been here all my 23 years, and I'll probably be there a lot longer. Um, I belong to the. I'm enrolled in Seminole Nation. I'm also Ojibwe and Sac and Fox. Uh, and I, I know, as we mentioned, you know, I do um, acting, modeling. I'm a historian, textile artist. Uh, bodybuilding um but yeah i mean that's it's I, I like to keep myself occupied let's, let's just say that <laughs> <laughs> how'd you get into acting so how i got into acting was it when you were younger or? i think it might have been when i was younger because you know most kids when they watch movies you know they want to see like you know superheroes me i'm over here watching goodfellas because it looks cool mm-hmm. i mean I, you know wes anderson movies um you know all all of those classics. I, I, I think I, I think I had it old so you know growing up, and, and I don't know there was something about acting that that kind of like you know it really it really got like I really got a firm grasp of it, um, but I think what really got me into it was my grandfather. He was a historian as well, but he like you know he liked to make his history. Um, very interactive. So he would put on, you know, historical plays on like the Trail of Tears and that kind of stuff. So that, that kind of got me into that. Um, you know, we didn't have any speaking roles, but you know, we're just doing like body motions and all that. Mm-hmm. So that got me really interested. Um, reading that really helped out a lot, you know, in high school, you know, reading different books. Uh, I think another influence was my, English teacher in high school. Um, I don't know. There's, there's some literature bringing that stuff to life, and you know that that, and you know I always want to do it, and it wasn't until I was 19 where I was really like, hey, you know what? Why well, don't I actually just do this? You know, I don't I don't want to live my life thinking what if, so. I kind of dropped the status quo. I'm not going to tell everybody this is what you should do. To, yeah. You know, I was in college and 
and it wasn't re- wasn't really for me. And it took me a while to figure that out. And you know, I just kind of want to live life on my own terms. So I was like, you know, like I said, like like why not now? Like this is the perfect time. I'm young. You know, if if I mess up, you know, I can try something different tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And and I, I guess I've always had that kind of mentality of just no, you know, why not? Well, you know, let's let's try something that keeps us out of our comfort zone. And honestly, I think that might be might have been the best decision I've ever made was just following that gut feeling that I had. And the first, let's see, I made that decision when I was nineteen. I got to be an extra on a movie called The Bygone. That night, uh, I had met my current agent there. Uh, she had approached me and asked me, um, do you have an agent? And I said, no. And she was like, here's my phone number. Give us a call. And I had called them like a week later. And I was signed on with my agency now. Um, been having a lot of good work until the pandemic happened. You know, that, you know, but things happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, you know, once this all clears up, I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll get traction, you know, going back on it. And... But yeah, this. So I got started when I was nineteen when I got onto my agency. I've been with them for three or three and a half years now. Damn. Yeah. And then I got into modeling with another agency here in Oklahoma. Uh, they, I mean, I love both my agents. They're fantastic people. Uh, you know, they really look out for us and. Uh, make sure we get a lot of work and it's 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 a a, it doesn't feel like work really when you have a passion for it and you just really just love what you do you know you when you leave a set or whatever you got a smile on your face that that's how i know i'm doing the right thing Uh, i'm not you know trying too hard or trying to prove anything i'm just out here being myself and so that, that I, I, I was, that's, you know, whoever wants, you know, who's hearing this, that's how, you know, when you got that, like you get that, that heartwarming feeling in you that just makes you want to do even more. And, you know, we had mentioned, you know, bodybuilding. I did that. Um, I took, I, I took a break cause I, it's, it's a lot of stress on your body. Yeah. Going that, going that hard, and <laughs> I was uh, see the last show I did, I was twenty, twenty years old, and from nineteen to twenty years old, I had done four shows, and and also too, I I didn't mention this, you know, so, so growing up from a small town, a lot of people, you know, I'm not talking down on them. But the kind of mentality is to kind of just settle. Me, I want to you know, you know, make my make my mark, mm-hmm. and like I said, you know, doing what you know, doing what I love, and make myself happy, but also to inspire someone. I think that's one of the biggest honors you can have is to inspire someone. Is to say, what you did inspired me to become what I am now. You know, I had inspirations growing up, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Wes Studi, uh, oh, what's another one? 
There, there, there's so many I, I can't even, like, yeah. can't even think about it yeah but yeah there, there's you know this that, that kind of that person you kind of envision who you want to be and just being versatile and you know so you know like i said so coming from a small town that that was kind of my mentality was let's try something different you know i don't want you know want to just you know live the ordinary life after high school you know, let's, let's do something that's gonna, people be, they kind of like, you know, like, what is this guy doing? Like, yeah. he, you know, he's being kind of extra. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I did the, uh, the bodybuilding, the modeling, um, acting, uh, once this pandemic is over, I know I'm working on it right now is working on a script, uh, doing my own, uh, rom-com and, you know, doing, uh, going to start taking filmmaking classes. Uh, once you know it's safe to do so but uh one, once you know i i heard i had gotten that idea and i was like you know what why don't i do be on the other side of the camera of you know being the filmmaker because you know like i mentioned you know one of my favorite filmmakers is west studio because his like you know his style is just so unique with the whip pans and zooms and you know all that stuff mm-hmm. and so I was like, you know, you know, so when you're an actor, you can only bring, you know, out the character as a filmmaker. You can bring out the whole entire movie and figure this out and try to get the story across. And so that, that that's kind of what made me want to do filmmaking and, you know, start writing scripts. Um, as Mary knows, we had mentioned, you know, I'm a historian. I work for the Seminole Nation and the Historic and Cultural Preservation um, that job is like a dream coming true because I mean, that's my culture. Yeah. And so it doesn't really even feel like a job most of the time. Like it, it's, I, I know I joke around, I say, you know, so we just clock in and be natives, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we get to, you know, li- live like the traditional lifestyle and, and what really got me interested in that, um, you know, was was growing up with that. My, like, like I mentioned too, my grandfather was a historian. Um, you know, he was on the council. He was a very uh, prominent leader in the Seminole Nation. Um, you know, I you know grew up with all the all the elders, so they all know me. That you know, they're still around. They all know me, and that, that's a very uh, it's very honorable to have that respect from the elders. That's that's something I value the most, mm-hmm. and so. I mean that, like I said, that job is fun. Uh, what I specialize the most in is textiles of the early 19th century of Seminole clothing. You know, going from hand sewing a Seminole coat to making leggings, um, beaded bandolier bags, moccasins, you know, all that stuff. And one thing that I didn't really realize, you know, starting out doing textiles you know I, I grew up around it because you know i went to historic sites and rendezvous with my grandpa but i didn't realize how much research went into this because this is stuff that is like 200 years old and you got to figure this stuff out on your own and i wish i would have like you know asked him more questions when he was around but now i i you know i still have people that are around that have the information but most of the time i'm still trying i'm trying to just put the research together and to figure out like, is this historically accurate? 
that's one like the biggest things being uh working with textiles is is trying to make this it is is how would I, I would how would I would put this is to tell the story properly because you know a lot of times when people think of Native Americans they don't think of uh being like a diverse image they all think you know you know what Hollywood portrays the the war bonnets and teepees you know what you know if you see a, a Seminole Indian it looks a lot different from you know like Sitting Bull you know you know that that uh, contrast of looking like Osceola mm-hmm. and so you know that's a lot of work and but it's also it's, it's also a an honor and a privilege to know that stuff and now I'm in the position where I can even promote this and teach others about it because a lot of those elders are dying off that had the, had the information and the numbers getting smaller and smaller. And so now me being young at, at only 23, uh, being able to teach this and like I, like I had mentioned too, you know, inspiration is, uh, trying to get the youth involved in this because you know if we get through to them then that will get traction because they have the whole entire lives ahead of them so they got all this time to do research and make the right right piece and it doesn't even have to be you know regalia it can be from like bow making to making a canoe to building a shelter all this stuff you know a lot of those old teachings that that's really dying off so i'm really trying to like firmly grasp that and learn from the elders mm-hmm. and so like i said like you know when we go to work it doesn't even like feel like we're working it just feels like you know we get to be natives and we're, we're uh on the front lines trying to save the trying to save the culture yeah wow and, man yeah it's it's really fun like right now i'm working on a working on some regalia right now i've been working on the uh this year since it's so early in the year, I want to try to get three bandolier bags done. Uh, I took a break from uh, took a break from that. I got kind of frustrated, so I started. The one thing about being a a craftsman is I got like six <laughs> unfinished uh, projects <laughs> sitting on my in my in my uh, sewing room right now. <laughs> like once I get frustrated, one I'm like all right, I'm gonna put this down and start another one. I get frustrated <laughs> with that, and then when they all, then I'll come full circle and finally finish all of it. Oh <laughs> uh, man, that's that, that's always a trip. And but yeah, that's that's a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun, and it, it's it's a really good influence. Like I said, you know, talking about inspiring the youth, I think a lot of problems that we have with the native communities is they don't know who they are. They, they've kind of lost their identity. Once they reconnect with that, that I would say, you know, you know, get, get back their, their natural calling. That's going to shift their, their worldview and let them know that, we live in two worlds. You know, like I had mentioned, uh, like me, like a prime example, being a filmmaker or, I mean, being an actor and model. And then on the other side, uh, during the daytime, 
um, working for working for historic culture preservation. Mm-hmm. So that that's one thing that uh, as natives we live in two different worlds right now and trying to live the that that live through that duality. And you know that's it, it's very essential. It's it's very uh, I want to say exhausting, but it it is a lot of work to keep up with both sides of your of your own story. Yeah, and. And that, that's something that's not uh, talked about a lot. Um, and also, too, one, one of the things that got me interested in being an actor, one, I didn't really agree with just being casted on my skin color. That's mm-hmm. always been a pet peeve of mine, like we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, you know, we need to put natives telling native stories and playing native roles. But let's branch out and make, you know, put us in, in roles that you're going to see in the mainstream. Yeah. You know, you know, let's, you know, let's stop being the dance of the wolves natives. Let's, you know, put us in the Mandalorian or in Marvel or whatever there is. Cause I think that's going to break a lot of stereotypes of just breaking out of the, you know, seeing us as the the primitive 1800s indian mm-hmm. um you because know, you know we're very intellectual people and i think we should be seen as such only we've been given that that uh given that chance to be be very versatile i think like the one uh most recent was like Adam Beach and Suicide Squad. Like yeah. He was—he was, he was like the first character that died in the movie. And I was—I was so excited. I was like, "No, oh, they got—they got Adam Beach in there. We're like, we made it." And then he died. Like the first guy. I'm like, "Come on, man." I know. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, so that—that's—that's that's one of the things that got me interested. You know, of course, you know, we—we we need natives to play native and native roles. You know, we can't have any like Burton Lancaster playing Jim Thorpe anymore. Yeah. We actually have natives that you know can that can act, but you know that's not that the whole premise is just get casted on our skin color. You know, I want to be seen as an actor who's like Daniel Day Lewis or Christian Bale or Marlon Brando. You know, those you know key actors. You know, when you when I think about those actors, I don't even think about their skin color. I think about how good of an actor they are because they're so versatile. Yeah. And that that's uh, that's a true craft right there, is really working on that. And when I when when I got into um, got into acting, I didn't really realize how much work it really is. I knew you know I knew it was a lot of work. You know that's one of, another pet peeve is people you know say, oh uh, all you gotta do is read from the script. No, it's it's a completely different story than that. You gotta you know do all these trainings. Um, like I mentioned before, when your first guest, uh, Riker, I met him at an acting class in Norman, uh, three years ago. Uh, he, he's a great guy. And, you know, going through all these trainings that I've gone through, you know, audition training. Uh, I've, I don't think I remember if I've done screenwriting, I've done voiceover training. Um, I can't remember the class that Riker and I, uh, Riker and I had did. Uh, it's so long ago. I feel like an old man now. <laughs> and but yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, protocols that go into go into that. 
just from the actor side. And, you know, you and I had mentioned too, you know, we're, I'm t- you know, talking about, you know, being from Oklahoma, we're not really seen as serious actors. They kind of, you know, mm-hmm. put us in small roles. We're just going to be uh, meat props as extras. And so, you know, that's, that's another thing too, is breaking this, uh, uh, a stereotype in, within our state is trying to prove ourselves that we're, we're just as good as somebody from LA. Yeah. And, you know, you know, our own situation isn't just predicated on where we live. It's, it's how passionate and serious we are about something. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that can be very influential. Um, but yeah, like, you know, that's one of the things I love is just keeping myself busy where there has to be textiles, uh, modeling, acting. Um, a lot of that ha- like ha- has been slowed down because of the pandemic, but it's also a time to work on it. Yeah. Uh, I've been reading through all kinds of books where um, filmmaking and acting and um, even practice some of my modeling. Uh, actually, right now, so I'm, one of the things I, when I'm kind of selecting these passions, I didn't call it careers, I just call it passions now, mm-hmm. is trying to see how can they complement each other being a bodybuilder and an actor boom you got Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of vibe going on yeah. you got um, textile or historian and acting you got Lassen Mohicans or um, Gettysburg if you get modeling and uh, acting put together you got uh, who's a pretty boy um, Ryan Gosling you know? Yeah, <laughs> you know that's it's, it's kind of you know figuring out things that work for you and then also complement each other. So one thing I'm working on right now is my regalia and getting a good photographer and trying to make this photo even good enough to get into another magazine. In 2019, I got on the cover of the Oklahoma magazine uh, with just my uh, textiles I made by myself. Um, There was a lot of good people in that um, magazine as well. And I think that was a I think that was a key moment in my life right there. Not only just for myself, but for just the Seminole Nation itself. Cause I mean, I don't want to talk down on other tribes, but you know, we always see like the like powwow people. We don't see like southeastern Indians. So seeing a Seminole in full regalia on a magazine cover I never seen that before, and I think that was that was it was very unique in a way, because that, that that also broadens the the world view that all natives are not the same. We all have our own, we all have our own different um, things that make us unique. Mm-hmm. And so, the regalia I'm working on now is going to try and get to another magazine. Um, on a much larger scale, um, hopefully, you know, National Geographic or Smithsonian or uh, Muzzleloader, um, Cowboys and Indians, all, you know, either one of those, you know, even break out into the mainstream. Um, the idea that I have was me standing in downtown Tulsa with all the big buildings behind me, but in full regalia, 
to kind of be like a statement that we're still here and it talking about that duality of you know being traditional but also living in the 21st century mm-hmm. so that that's trying to like, like 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 you know just making a statement on that uh, to get that going and but yeah like i said i like to keep myself busy yeah it's always good. Yeah, you, absolutely. You do keep yourself busy. Yeah. I don't know. you. I mean, I knew, you know, some of that, but getting to hear all of it mm-hmm. was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of times I am hard on myself. Cause I'm like, you know, I should be doing more. Then someone tells me like, oh, yeah, I guess I am doing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> He's a go-getter. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, this, yeah, I love, like I said, I love podcasts. I've been trying to, like I had mentioned before, you know, starting my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, soon, hopefully this summer. I got the got the idea of it. You know, I you know mentioned uh, filmmakers and actors in Oklahoma that aren't seen as qualified. So I'm like, let's change that. Because I know when when I get on the set or whatever in an audition room, one of my favorite things about filmmaking here in Oklahoma is the camaraderie of how friendly everybody is. You know, like like I mentioned, Riker. He's one of my best friends in this industry. I have so many that, uh, you know, we all come from different backgrounds. But the one thing we, you know, the commonality we have is we love filmmaking. Yeah. And we're always looking out for each other, encouraging each other. That That's one of my favorite things is uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very beautiful setting, I would say. You know, how... Everybody, you know, understands now because, you know, some people work a nine to five. Some people may work in construction job and come right to set. Um, when I first started out, I was working. Uh, I did a little bit of construction, but I worked in a uh, fast food. So that was it was that kind of that, that hustle uh, that everybody understands that if we want to make it, we got to, you know, go 110 percent on this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that's the one thing I miss the most is just that that camaraderie that everybody has in the film industry uh, but with you know with the podcast I, I had talked about was kind of showcasing everybody's strengths and giving them free um, giving them free press of you know whoever you know whatever casting director or whoever you know, can hear this person's story and kind of see, oh, hey, this person is actually, you know, very intellectual. So we're, you know, kind of, you know, breaking cultural barriers at this, you know, trying to make a positive impact for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things that I like is trying to help other people out. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what kind of the idea of this is too. Yeah. 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 Man. A lot of the people that, uh, or a lot of the people that, you know, I'm asking to come on. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, I've met some of them and I haven't met them, Mm -hmm. but I always had the idea of doing like a podcast. Like I always been saying. Yeah. And then I, that's why I was adding people to like, Hey, yo, would you come on? If not cool, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't mind. So it's just like reaching out, Mm -hmm. you know, cause it's really cool, you know, cause I never met Riker. Yeah. You know, I saw what he was doing and you too, like I see you guys like doing shit and then it's like just uh 
hit him up, Russell. Mm-hmm. Like, reach out. Yeah. You know? Quit being, like, shy or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah, don't, because, be, don't be the wallflower. Yeah. <laughs> shoot your shot. Yeah. <laughs> but slide, I mean, slide in the DMs. <laughs> hey, you up? <laughs> yeah, let me slide up in there. <laughs> but, yeah, like I said, the the Riker one was pretty good. And I saw the one with uh, Dennis. I don't know him, but I know him because of uh, Mark's uh, film. This uh, Mark, documentary, yeah, Mark yeah. Williams. Uh, he's another guy that kind of got me interested in filmmaking. Uh, he works for Simulation as well. Oh, nice. Um, he's he's a pretty cool guy. He's a, I like him because he's pretty humble. Uh, he's still kind of, he, he hasn't gone full of Hollywood yet, so he's you know he still hangs up with us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he'd be a really good guest. He's a he does a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, uh, we're working on it. Yeah, yeah. man. I'll, I'll I'll send the address. I'll let go, Mark. Come down to broken. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't want to tell him in right now. I forgot. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Giving out the address yeah. <laughs> on the air. Everyone, come here. Come here. <laughs> but yeah, this, I said that, you know, it's, it's you know, one of those things, you know, just looking out for other people, you know, help them get their word out. But yeah, this, I mean, I, I love what you're doing the, with, with this. This is a, it, it's a, it's a step in the right direction. It's a, and also too, you know, it's just the uh, you know just building friendships. Like I said, we don't, we we don't, we have uh, never met each other until, and then you know we kind of just click. That, that's one of my favorite things is just <laughs> meeting new people, and then just that that click right there of, uh, like yeah, this this is a good person. Yeah, feel comfortable and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. I know that's always like my biggest thing. It's like, God, I hope they feel comfortable. <laughs> I don't want to like say anything to upset them or anything, so I just kind of ease my way yeah i did those dms <laughs> but uh <laughs> but hell yeah man thanks for coming on yeah Dude, appreciate it's, it it's really uh it's really cool you know uh, let's see you need to be anywhere today no no um, you're free no i'm probably just gonna go uh i forgot my skateboard i was gonna go right around uh tulsa oh. uh i'm kind of scared because i fell off on board the other day i kind of hurt myself <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I actually hurt myself or I'm just getting old. <laughs> I woke up the next morning. I was all achy. I was like, oh, oh man. My God. <laughs> I'm only 23, but I feel like I'm 84 right now. <laughs> you go skate at the, uh, don't they have a skate park at the gathering place? Yeah, but see, uh, I ride a longboard. So you oh, mostly just, you know, just coast, you know, just pop my headphones and just chill. Mm-hmm. You know, listen to Blink-182 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think there's a topic I did not, you know, discuss yet. Uh, see, we had talked about modeling, um, textiles, uh, filmmaking, bodybuilding. That that's that's okay. Let's you know, let's talk about bodybuilding for a little bit. Cause the, did uh Schwarzenegger pump an iron get you into that? Oh, dude, that, that that's a that that's a movie that's gonna be played at my funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that that movie. You know, you know, we had talked about you know inspiration, and you know, just seeing Arnold, you know, just be all just like shredded and humongous. Mm-hmm. That like caught my eye. Was I was like, yo, if he can do it, why can't I do it? And one of the reasons why he was one of my biggest inspirations is because he is one of those kind of those go getters. Uh, let let me try everything. You know, being uh. A seven-time Mr. Olympia uh, to be one of the highest-paid actors, and then end up being a, a governor. Now he's environmentalist. Like that, that that kind of stuff is very inspiring to me. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like that, like that kind of mentality of, you know, if it's out there, let's go try it. Yeah. You know, being very adventurous, um, the bodybuilding scene. So whoever's probably listening, they're probably, they're probably thinking I'm wearing those like real tiny shorts, <laughs> the, the banana hammock. No, it's not, we're not wearing those. So I compete in the classic <laughs> physique because my body's not short and just like, I don't look like a tree trunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty tall. So I, I really like really focus on Arnold's physique. Yeah. Um, actually, you know, I thought, you know, you know, cause I, I, you know, I took a break for a little while and I couldn't really do anything last year with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I thought about thought about it, and I've I've decided to actually get back on the bodybuilding stage later this year uh, in October, so I got plenty of time to get back in shape. And but for, but for this one, I'm not gonna chase a trophy. I'm gonna just do it because I love it. Yeah. And the way I take a a bodybuilding approach is the artistic form. Um, you know, you know, of course, you know, you want to, you know, just unreal with your muscles, but you got to like, I want to make, you know, make it look beautiful. You know, I don't want to look like a, like a horse on, uh, growth hormones, you yeah. know, the, you know, the Mr. Olympia that we have now, you know, not, not that kind of physique. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I appreciate it. I mean, I'm not, you know, I talk bad about them, but it's, uh, it's not for me. And so that's what got me interested in classic physique was, you know, watching those old videos, you know, pumping iron, watching those guys do the routine, how they did posing was very artistic. Uh, Arnold even did like a, he did the, like a ballerina classes to like work on his posing mm-hmm. because it's supposed to be just, you know, just clean, just eloquent movements of just, you know, it, it looked like, it looks like ballet. So that's one of the things I really focused on when I was bodybuilding was making this into an artistic form, not just like some kind of freak show Mm -hmm. and, you know, not, not giving out that wow factor, but, you know, looking like a moving like sculpture basically. Yeah. And so that, that's the, that's the uh, approach I took. The uh, first show I did first two shows, um, my posing routine, I, I worked on. I watched uh, old videos of bodybuilders from the '60s and '70s and even '80s of their posing routines. Because in the '90s, it kind of it kind of changed a little bit of them. Just you know, just like, wow, look at how big I am. <laughs> like you know, their their posing kind of got robotic in a way. So mine was a, uh, uh, it, it kind of looked you know just like choreographed, like a like a dance kind of, mm-hmm. and so. You know, most of the guys that I competed with, they uh, their music that they pick, you know, was just like, like Pantera or Metallica. I picked, um, "Give Me Shelter" by the Rolling Stones, and like the like not like the intro part where it kind of like builds up. Mm-hmm. I did that, and "Purple Rain" by Prince. Nice, because th- th- those kind of songs they they can kind of like help you tell the story and kind of set the tone for what you're kind of going for. Kind of make it kind of like like in a drama in a way. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's like, like that's that's the uh, the actor me is trying to make everything dramatic. Yeah, <laughs> uh, being you know all about myself, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's it, it's that's the uh, that's the one thing I love is try to take something and make it into its purest form. And like I said, I I had done bodybuilding for a little bit. I did the classic physique. I was doing pretty well, and. 
Must it's, it's a lot of stress on your body with all that, all the uh, dieting and training. Because most of the guys I competed against, they had their own coaches. They're all they're all kind of like from the city area, so they all they're all kind of their own own community. And me coming from a small town, I uh, researched my own uh, training and uh, dieting and all that. Mm-hmm. And you know that, that that's something that's uh, overlooked is how much work goes into bodybuilding. Because you know people when they when they think of bodybuilding, you know of course you know steroids are involved. But without that, there's still a lot of work that still has to be done. Yeah. You know, somebody's working out and take steroids, you know, they're going to look good, but they're not going to look like a bodybuilder. They have to, you know, work on their training in a certain way, you know, eat a certain way and so many times a day um, to even look like a bodybuilder. What I would do was like pose after each uh, set when I'm doing. So like if I'm doing like arms, uh, if I'm doing like uh, barbell curls, once I get done, uh, one of the things I read in the book, uh, a couple of books I read was was to do your posing after your after your workout because it helps out your pump and helps out, like helps out your growth. Mm-hmm. So it, it's that's a lot of like going through like in a scientific approach as well. Uh, so it's it's a lot of work that goes into bodybuilding. Um, it's not for everyone. It's it's like I said, it's uh it's pretty vigorous. It's 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 a uh, It'll, uh, it's not, not for the, the New York, uh, New Year's uh, resolution people. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's more of a marathon than a, than a, than a hundred yard dash. It's, yeah, it takes a lot of, oh, yeah, absolutely. A lot of time to, uh, achieve that physique. Mm hmm. And then it's just not going to happen, like, overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, and also, too, like, the, even genetics even goes into that as well. Oh, yeah. Like, like sure. I, I can't do, you know, the bodybuilding because these guys are like five foot eight, whatever, you know, you know, they can pull it off because they look shorter. So they, they like, they look even more mus- you know, muscular. I'm six foot two. So it's going to look, I'm going to look odd standing next to these guys. <laughs> like they look like the, oh, what's that, uh, that donut that, uh, like a pine cone. That's what they look like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're all like, they're all old up and they're just like all bulgy. I'm over here looking like a long John <laughs> next to him. But yeah, that's, uh, that, that, that was another thing was uh, researching that as well was the genetics of that, mm-hmm. uh, what, what fit my body the most. And, you know, I, I was so happy when I was in high school and they, uh, they announced classic physique as a, as a, uh, category. I was like, all right, showtime. <laughs> <laughs> What was your uh, diet like? When well, you said you've done two shows, bodybuilding shows. Four. Sh- um, so I did four shows actually. You did four shows. Yeah, I did uh, two shows on nineteen when I was nineteen and two when I was twenty. Twenty. And hopefully another one at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Everything goes well. Let's see. We. Um, I'm, I'm saying we. I actually did it. <laughs> so what my diet was like was. Half a pound of tilapia with broccoli. Um, for breakfast, I would have uh, somewhere between six to eight egg whites for breakfast. And I'm trying to remember, oh man, my, my stomach's growling things. I can't even think about the food right now. <laughs> um, another meal was eight ounces of chicken breast with a quarter cup of rice 
And then the last meal was, I think it was, uh, might've been turkey with, um, might've been broccoli or cauliflower mm-hmm. and just eating clean like that for 16 weeks. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a long time. Oh, absolutely. Holy crap. <laughs> and that, that's, that's one thing I'm not looking forward to, uh, getting ready for the show is just 16 weeks of just looking at bland food. Yeah. <laughs> so that's every day. Is that oh, the yeah. same meal yeah, every day? Same meal every day. Um, um, I would do a cheat meal. Uh, depends on like how my body was looking. Uh, you know, a cheat meal every two weeks or maybe once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, the cheat meals are very essential. Um, so they're, they're, so when you do a cheat meal, that, that's another scientific approach that you have to go through is going in a uh, caloric surplus that actually shocks your metabolism and actually helps you lose weight mm-hmm. doing a doing a cheat meal if you do it right you know i'm saying cheat meal. i'm not saying doing a cheat day that, that might set you back even like even put on water weight yeah but you know doing a cheat meal that's going to actually help you out in the long run mm-hmm. so you know it, it's it's not like a, like i said it's not it's not a cheat it's actually helping you out if you you know get you a Double uh, double cheeseburger from Brahms and some fries and a milkshake. That's actually gonna help you lose weight when you're in when you're training. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's uh, like I said, it's there's a lot of research that that goes into a lot of the a lot of these stuff, and now that that's one of my favorite things is just the when when I find something new to do is finding out like yo, there's a lot of stuff that that goes into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I mentioned with the textiles and being an actor and model and bodybuilding, like, this is a lot of, uh, research and you need, like, you know, like doing it on your own too. And, you know, they're like, so there are, you know, some sources that I go to, but most of the time I'm just, you know, just reading through books, trying to figure out like, you know, what's, what's the right thing to do. Yeah. Like another topic, you know, I, I want to kind of touch back on is the, uh, history and cultural side. I think that's a that that kind of makes who I am talking about history and culture, bringing some of that stuff back, but also to inspiring. Now, you know, I, you know, I had mentioned, you know, some some of the problems that we do have is we've been disconnected. You know, a lot of times it's not even our fault. It's you know, it's been way be, we've been uh, the treatment we've been given uh, throughout the years. But I think I. You know, just having, you know, one or two people spreading and sharing the information, that's a very positive impact. You know, because, you know, if someone's going to gatekeep it, that information is going to die with that person. And it's never going to be retrie- retrieved after that. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that's something that I encourage other historians, um, cultural people is get out there and teach other people other than just your family. Like, you know, one of my mentors, uh, right now, one of my, one of my main ones is, uh, my grandfather's best friend. I grew up, uh, you know, seeing him, you know, all the time going to council meetings or historical stuff, all that stuff. And well, I remember when my, when my grandfather died, uh, uh, Rodney, he was, uh, he, he, he right now he's kind of like a, a another uh, grandfather figure to me because 
you know, we're not related, but if, if we kind of got that connection of, you know, he's teaching me all these things. And that's one of the things I, I could never repay him because I'm just so grateful to have that. So that that's something I want to do. That's kind of one thing that inspired me is teaching, you know, someone else I don't even know. One of the, the teachings that I, I go by is if I teach you, you have to go teach someone else. Mm-hmm. That that's something that I, I I hold dearest to my heart is you know just just uh, sharing the information. But yeah, that's that's one of the the things I like I like the most. And you know a lot of our uh, you know I, I mentioned you know the youth and getting you know you know when I, I was a kid I I, I was kind of scared you know to ask questions and all that. I would just listen, but you know. You, you, you kind of just going to go for that uh, um, why not mentality. Because uh, you, you don't want to think your life, you know, going through life, you know, what if. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I, I, I encourage the most for the youth is, you know, you know, go visit your elders as much as you can and get all the information that you can as possible. Because that that's the one of the most you know precious resources that we have is the elders. What they bring to the table is just unmatched, you know. Yeah, I wish I had known that when I was younger. Because mm-hmm. right now I'm trying to learn. Like, well, when I moved away from Pawnee, I didn't know like a lot about my history. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're a kid like that or you're young. You kind of just don't care, especially yeah. if you live in a small town like that, where mm-hmm. like you're going to a public school and you're not actually learning about your history. You're mm-hmm. learning about, you know, like George Washington, George Washington and, yeah. and all that history that they want you to learn. Mm-hmm. So that's why I didn't really like history mm-hmm. because I didn't care about that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but we did have like a little pony language and history class but i mean it, mm-hmm. in our middle it was in middle school i think it was through high school but i didn't take it in high school but i did take it in middle school a few times and they taught mm-hmm. us like basic language like mm-hmm. count to one to ten yeah uh just like little little words here and there and you know when i moved away from pawnee though that's when because i went to institute of american indian arts mm-hmm. so it was just a bunch of natives there that know actually know like their language and they know their history and i was like shit i don't know anything yeah it gets kind of intimidating yeah (laughs) so you know there i started learning about and people knew stuff about my tribe pawnee tribe so you know i was learning from them and Mm -hmm. you know i'd read books and you know i still want to learn our language some of my friends are you know they went to ou and they graduated from there and they're trying to have these classes where they teach uh the tribal members our language Mm -hmm. so that's really cool still haven't made it there yet but i want to yeah but uh yeah i I wish i would have known that you know i would probably talk to my elders or at least make an effort yeah to learn when i was younger and i get what you're saying you know to the youth you know go ask them Mm -hmm. ask your questions because you know yeah once they're gone man you know they're what they've been taught or what they could tell you is gone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, 
And I think that's a good message too, man. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned uh, Pawnee. I got a really cool story about Pawnee. Oh yeah, let's hear so, it. So uh, I did a Smithsonian documentary there. Uh, it was it was an acting job, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it it came on the Smithsonian Channel last year actually. And I think you can watch it on Hulu and like CBS Access. And I'm on there, and we filmed at a was it a Pawnee Bill's Ranch or Bethel, oh yeah or where the place is I yeah Pawnee Bill Ranch yeah, yeah yeah so we filmed out there, and uh, there's a Pawnee guy actually I uh I met him out there. He's in he's in my agency now. Um, Elijah. Elijah. Yeah. 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 He's a really cool guy. Yeah. And uh, he uh, he was out there. Um, another guy. He's a Seminole. Uh, Kevin. Uh, I met him too. Uh, yeah, Kevin McGirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. cool too. Yeah, he's, he uh, <laughs> he did his own stunt on that one. That was hilarious. <laughs> I don't know if you ever told you that story where he gets yanked on a rope and. Cause when he gets shot, he gets like goes flying back. And he's a big dude, so I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm like, I'm surprised they even like inked him back. <laughs> he just got yeeted. <laughs> and so we did the uh, Smithsonian video out there. <laughs> and so we, I knew it was, you know, it was the Battle of Little Bighorn, and it had to deal with the Sitting Bull getting shot. Well, they didn't tell us who was going to shoot Sitting Bull, so I remember it was me and. Uh, it was Kevin and I, and we're, you know, dressed up in the blue wool uh, police uniforms, mm-hmm. and the director walks up to us. He goes, all right, so which one of y'all is going to shoot Sitting Bull? We're like, we both look at each other like, oh, I ain't going to do it. So we're like, he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like you guys got to figure it out. And we're like, all right, let's, let's, uh, we'll do uh, rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> Two out of three got to shoot Sitting Bull. I was like, oh, man. Or loser, loser has to shoot Sitting Bull. And I end up, like, pulling the the short straw on that one. So, so like, I'm always like proud. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm in the Smithsonian documentary. I'm like, Oh yeah, what'd you do? Oh, I shot sitting bull. <laughs> I'm like, dang, I had to like shoot my hero on TV. <laughs> that, that was, that was a fun job. That was a, that was, that was a, I think we filmed that in like 2018, I believe. Really? Yeah. I was only 20 years old shooting sitting bull. Yeah. Like I said, they, you, you can watch that on a, on Hulu or CBS Access on the Smithsonian Channel. Yeah, I remember. Uh, well, I got Kevin on Facebook, mm-hmm. and he was posting a picture, his picture like where he's leaning back and he has that gun. Yeah. And I was like, "What's that from?" He goes, "Oh, it's a uh, that Smithsonian video mm-hmm. <clears throat> or that movie." I was like, "Man, where can we watch?" It? At that time, we couldn't watch it anywhere. Yeah. So I was like, "Well, I'll have to check it out." But if it's on Hulu, man, I'm gonna mm-hmm. check it out. Yeah, I think it's on the. Uh, uh, I think it like get like the like. TV subscription. Oh, the Hulu Live? Yeah, that, or like I said, on CBS Access, you can get on there and watch it. Uh, it's like like five five bucks a month or something oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, we're all, we're all out there. Uh, you, like I said, the, when Kevin gets shot, he goes flying backwards. I, I was I was standing right there watching him because <laughs> uh, they want to make it look believable because he, you know, he's getting shot point blank with the, like a double barrel shotgun, so they got to make it look believable. It does one of you like ah, I got I got shot. <laughs> like you know, he's gonna go flying backwards. So they they yanked him on a rope and goes flying backwards. <laughs> and <laughs> when the I had to giggle so bad because you know he had like he like you know they we kept doing these takes and he goes flying backwards and you know his adrenaline was going and they had a mat out for him so he wouldn't get hurt. Well, one he just like completely missed the mat and 
you know, after each take, he got right. He got up each time. Well, he missed the mat, fell on his back. It was quiet. We're like, oh, crap, he got knocked out. <laughs> and I was just, like, I was laughing, but then, like, he wasn't moving. I was like, oh, he's out, he's out. <laughs> and then he, like, leaned, he, like, he, like, sits up. He has a big old smile on his face. He goes, all right, let's do that again. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was, a, that was a funny job. That was a... Actually, he was like, I met him on the first uh, movie I did, The Bygone. Uh, that's on Netflix. You see me out there with the, um, with the stripper, and I'm in the bar fight scene wearing a cowboy hat. Damn, yeah, the bygone. Was, yeah, that's the on. Bygone. It's on Netflix. It's about a. It's a really, really good movie. It's about the, uh, kind of sheds light on the uh, missing, murdering indigenous women. Oh, uh, okay. you know, the whole human trafficking thing. Yeah, that, that's going on. Uh, the uh, what's his name? Uh, Graham Phillips. Him and his brother put that movie together. Mm-hmm. And I met a Takala um, Black Elk. Um, he's in a, like, Wind River. Uh, I think Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee. He's, 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 he's a pretty cool guy. No, that was my first uh, my first uh, acting experience, being on, on a big set like that. And I, I can still remember it just like it was yesterday. Yeah, I remember how cold it was. Cause we're filming like the day before um, Thanksgiving. It was like twenty degrees, and like, we're doing some scenes outside. And uh, I remember how long we filmed. Uh, I remember I came. They uh, actually emailed me actually to come uh, come back, and they they didn't use they didn't use this scene, but uh, during the bar fight, uh, I'm in it, and I get arrested. Uh, See, so, like in the next scene, it would have been like. Seeing me in the cop car with one of my uh, one of my friends I met on set, we're in the cop car, and like I, I was so disappointed when they didn't put that in the, in the in the movie. I was like, man, I was like, I was like, I, like I was, you know, because I was telling everybody, I was like, yeah, I was like, I did a bar fight and I got arrested. Nobody got to sell the see me get arrested. I was like, dang, man, that would have been <laughs> that would have been a good demo reel right there. For real, yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Uh, oh man, that's. Right now, I'm going through memory lane, thinking about you know how excited I was when I got after I finished filming that. Was that your first movie? Yeah, that was your first first one. First one at 19, 19 years old. I was uh, I was out there. It was uh, we filmed for twelve hours from seven p.m. to seven a.m. in the morning. Damn. Overnight, man, it was. I. I I, I had so much adrenaline. I don't even remember like going to sleep the next day. I was just like telling all my family about it. Like mm-hmm. I, was, I was, I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, man, I, got, I had a stripper and they gave me a, fair, a fake beer bottle. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I, 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 that's, that's all going through my mind right now. Just like the reliving that stuff. Yeah. Fucking exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one thing that I would like to about, you know, doing this, uh, trying everything is, being able to tell a story is that's one of the things I like too about meeting people is trying something new. That way I can relate to everyone. You know, you know, we can talk about history. You don't want to talk about cars or, um, sports. Um, you want to talk about music, you know, you know, you know, I could talk about muddy waters all day or rolling stones or, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's, that's one thing I love. I love the most is meeting people 
and just like finding that commonality and kind of building that that uh that friendship that's one of my favorite things yeah yeah mine too yeah it's it's it's, it's fun and uh you know after meet someone then like one of my favorite things you know like get the contact uh, contact information you know we'd be sending each other memes you know, you know stuff that we know yeah like one of the things i you know Riker and i uh you know we always send is like a he likes motley Crue, so we're like always talk about that mm-hmm. um you know like i always tag him like filmmaking stuff and uh we, we, we're, we're pretty goofy sometimes we send like just like random memes <laughs> or me mostly <laughs> oh man but yeah man this this is fun i, I appreciate being on here hell yeah yeah, yeah, dude, it's a good time, man. Absolutely, and it's crazy how time just flies. It, it does actually. When you're bodybuilding stuff, is that who you listen to? Rolling Stones. Uh, I, like I, what I, gets you pumped in there? Okay, so I was one. The one song that is the ultimate workout song has to be "One" by Metallica. Oh yeah, I, I can do without the slow part. Mm-hmm. But it kind of helps out when like builds up to like that. Like no that that part I love that. That's because I mean that that part like I'd like I start like I look like rabid like rabid dog like Cujo. I'd be like going at it <laughs> when that song comes on. <laughs> that uh, I, I guess it depends on like what I'm training that day. Like last night I was working out to like uh, Motley Crue and Pantera and um. I think uh, Def Leppard, mm-hmm. and then you know some nights I'll be I'll be listening to the Rolling Stones while I work out, or it'll be uh like Big Pun and Biggie Smalls, or you know this is I, I I guess it just depends on like what mood I'm in. Yeah, yeah, that always has a mm-hmm. part to do with it. <laughs> yeah. so, sometimes I'll catch myself working out to jazz. Oh yeah, I've gotten to that point where I I'll, I'll be working out to like uh, uh like uh, Hank Mobley and uh, Miles Davis. I'm like. I'm like, did I really just work out to that? <laughs> <laughs> or like sometimes I'll, like, I'll put on like a podcast or NPR. I'll be working out to that. I'm mm-hmm. like, am I getting old? <laughs> I'm that old guy now. <laughs> what do you, uh, what do you train at? Uh, Taylor gym in Seminole. It's a 24 hour gym. Oh, nice. Yeah. I love going there. It's uh, I like to go late at night when I was there mm-hmm. and just turn the music on and just go at it. And uh, it's 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 fairly new actually, though. I mean, the, the new location. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I like that. Had that twenty four hour access and just when it, when it's like that's one of my favorite things in the world is like Disneyland to me is an empty gym. Yeah, that, that's uh, I guess like I got to play whatever music I want. I get to train how I want. Like I I get to be a, sometimes I am that dude that grunts in the gym, mm-hmm. but like I, I don't feel like embarrassed when it's just me. <laughs> I'm like I'm like like the old gym I used to work out at. There was like a whole bunch of like old people that used to be, like go there. So like I I feel like I was scaring them when I'm like grunting <laughs> when I'm deadlifting. <laughs> like they're like they're, they're probably terrified of me. <laughs> oh, there he is. I was like, oh god, he's back. <laughs> is that uh oh what's the one with the stupid monk alarm? Oh, uh, is that Planet Fitness? Oh, Planet Fitness. <laughs> oh my lord. <laughs> I'll be watching videos on YouTube where. uh Dang, what's up? It's a, he's a strong man. Uh, oh, I forgot his name. He's like 6'8". He's bald-headed. Mm-hmm. 
Shaw, I think is his last name. Oh, Brian Shaw. Brian Shaw. Yeah. He went to all these Planet Fitnesses, and uh, he was like, "Let's see if we can lift all the weight mm-hmm. and see uh, if we can put it down like lightly or get kicked out." <laughs> Man, like it was him and these two other guys. This other guy was like normal size, mm-hmm. you know, but he's still big. Yeah. But they all went there, and one of them had a pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or would you get that pizza? He's like, oh, they're giving away over there. <laughs> but uh, they went to all these gyms, and yeah, they got uh, they got kicked out of some because I guess people were intimidated by them because mm-hmm. they were freaking huge, man. Yeah, he's like like six foot eight, or maybe even taller than that. But yeah, yeah he's he's a pretty big dude. One thing I, I didn't mention too was uh, the bodybuilding side and trying to uh, merge that with acting. Uh, one thing I have struggled with, I, I think that kind of sets me away from like getting lead roles mm-hmm. is one is one is my height. Because uh, 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 a lot, of, I think a lot of times they try to get their uh, lead characters kind of be all the same height. That way they have to change <laughs> camera angles mm-hmm. to fit everybody in. So you know, being me with the you know six foot two and just broad shoulders, you know, I think that's. Uh, one one of the things that that kind of that kind of keeps me away from getting lead roles is, uh, the the body type. You know, I I was thinking about this the other day because I was thinking about the bodybuilding, and I was thinking I was like, you know, if you look at a picture of like Chris Hemsworth or, um, you know, like Hollywood's like muscle guys, you know, if you see a picture of them just like, you know, you know, walking through L.A. like on Instagram, whatever. They don't look that big. I think it's like that illusion of looking big mm-hmm. that really that kind of sets the tone uh, for them. You know, definitely not like you know Arnold and Commando. You know that 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 worked out for him well, but I think now I think, I think it really focuses on the uh, illusion of looking big. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, and that's one thing I've I've taken into consideration. That's that's kind of like why I did a uh, classic physique. Because you know, if, if I needed to you know lose thirty pounds uh, for a role, um, that that would be doable instead of me you know doing men's open bodybuilding where I look like a like a I don't even know what just like a Hulk I guess yeah <laughs> you know that that that'd be kind of kind of odd but you know but for classic physique you know if you got to drop thirty pounds of like you know a body mass. Yeah, you know, with muscle included, that's uh, I think I think that would uh, is very doable. So that, that's that's one of the things too I have to take in consideration is to not overdo it now that I have these other things going for me is to kind of do bodybuilding in a moderation in a sense. That's that's why now when I do bodybuilding, it's going to be because um I just enjoy it. It's not because I'm going to go for a trophy anymore. Yeah, bringing that wow factor that that's not very realistic. One of my, uh, I mentioned Arnold was one of my inspirations, but my inspiration for bodybuilding was uh, like Steve Reeves and Frank Zane. Uh, Steve Reeves, he, he was actually a like Mister Universe, and he played like I think he played the first Hercules actually. Really? Yeah, yeah like he was a he was, he was pretty buff, but he wasn't like you know he he still looked like a you know he could be a leading man. Cause I, it was, it was his like symmetry. Mm-hmm. So that, that's one of the things I like, I like about the bodybuilding side is the, the symmetrical point of that, uh, but 
I always say like the looking like a Dorito. Yeah. <laughs> Broad shoulders and small waist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that's one of the things I always look for. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a uh, so in, in bodybuilding when you uh, when they're judging you and uh I, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, one of those uh, like shower thoughts is <laughs> Uh, I was I was thinking about bodybuilding. I was like, I was like, man, I, I got up on a stage in front of like a hundred people, and I got this panel of judges, and they're judging me, judging judging my body while I'm standing in like some like trunks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, I, I know at the time I didn't think that was kind of odd, and I was kind of thinking I was like, huh, <laughs> that's kind of weird if you're trying to explain that to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you do for a living? Oh, I let people judge my body in my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's one of the the fun things about bodybuilding is just that uh just just having fun with it yeah uh, I, I love meeting bodybuilders that are very talkative and friendly mm-hmm. yeah because backstage a lot of people they're all just like serious I'm putting my headphones in I'm gonna like be locked in like it's, it's like dude we're not gonna play in the final four we're just gonna go up there and just flex our muscles it's it's what we already have it's not what we have to prove I guess yeah yeah no, I guess to each his own. But that, that's what I love about that movie, uh, Pumping Iron, was everybody was like best friends, and that, and that that's one of my, that's one of the things I like was camaraderie. That's what I like about the filmmaking industry, was everybody's just you know, cool with each other. Yeah, real cool and mm-hmm. open, uh, open arms. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I think with that, I think I'm out of uh, topics or words. <laughs> I think uh, I met my. Uh, uh, what was it on Twitter? Like 200 word capacity? Yeah, you... <laughs> I think I met that already. <laughs> you uh, play stickball? I do not. Uh, I've always wanted to. Uh, it's just one of those things uh, I haven't really got into. Uh, I actually know how to make them. I just never played it. Oh, you know how to make them? Yeah. I, oh, that's, nice. Yeah, I know how to make those. And uh, I know how to make uh, bows and all that stuff. Actually, uh, maybe uh, next week or two weeks from now, I got some river cane. I was gonna make some arrows, mm-hmm. you know, southeastern style, with some uh, turkey feathers, and I might I might do some flint napping on on one of those. Yeah, that that's that's one of the things I like is working with wood and uh, making bows or making like a war club. That's one that's one of my favorite things. War club, mm-hmm. man, yeah. Oh, so for sticks, uh, hickory wood works the best. If you're, yeah. uh, if you do bows, the best ones I would recommend would be Bodark and uh, Black Locust. Mm-hmm. Th- those are two that are probably the best that work out. Um, I think red oak would be good for ball sticks, but I think hickory would probably work the best for a pair of ball sticks. Hickory wood, hickory wood looks pretty good too for making a bow. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm trying to think of other wood that'd be work work pretty well. That's what we <clears throat> we used a uh, hickory. Um, when we were in New Mexico. We had this guy. His name's uh, Blue Tarbalici. Mm-hmm. He's really cool. He is Creek, and he introduced us to stickball. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. Like uh, I thought it was that one game mm-hmm. where where they played in like New York or something. Yeah, stickball game. That's why I was like, "What you play that?" And then when he explained it to us, he's like, yeah, it's kind of like lacrosse and like yeah. football. Mm-hmm. You know, it's real like, uh, it's real violent. It can get real violent. So 
Yeah. We were like, cool. You know, we were fresh out of like high school, you know, never got to play football anywhere. <laughs> so I guess we're all kind of dying to like just kind of beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> that's, that's one thing that I, I liked uh, in high school because my school I went to was a very, very small school. Uh, I, went to, I went to school at Varnum. It's uh, like north of Seminole. That's like a class B school. So that kind of gives you oh, an idea yeah. how small the school was. Yeah. And I played basketball. And all my cousins, they all went, you know, went all state. Uh, all three of them, you know, they got all state in basketball. And me, I, I, I was more of like a defensive player. So I liked like getting down and dirty, like playing like Dennis Rodman, mm-hmm. you know, going after loose balls and going for charges. Uh, yeah, that, that was one of my favorite things was every chance I got in basketball, you know, I, I would, I would, I would be a dickhead. I would, <laughs> I would, I would, I would get in everybody's minds and. Like want like want them to hurt me. <laughs> oh man, those those are fun days. Do you, uh, they have a football over there? No, uh, the only things we had were baseball and basketball. Basketball is the only one I took seriously. Mm-hmm. I played base, baseball for a little bit just to uh, just so I could hang out with my friends after school. Yeah, because they were really into baseball, and I get, I didn't get to see them during the springtime. So I was like, eh, I guess I'll play so I can hang out with them. <laughs> uh, they had track. I did track for a little bit too. Yeah, track and uh, track and field felt like Jim Thorpe for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I played baseball, but I, you know, wasn't really into it. Yeah. And uh, when, once you get kind of down to like that Ada area of like Asher, um, Roth, um, what's another school there? Yeah, you get that that kind of that general vicinity. Uh, those schools, yeah, man, they, they take baseball seriously. I remember this one time; it was like in eleventh grade. We were playing against this team, and they 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 had done they had did a three p actually. Mm-hmm. They uh, they got they won uh, the year before they won baseball in the fall or state in baseball, and then basketball in class A, and in the springtime they won baseball again. Damn, and we played them. I think it was like like our first game, and we we went to their school and played them. And I was standing out there in left field, and I remember just seeing, <laughs> just you know, just dingers just flying above my head, and going <laughs> across the over the fence just each 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 time. I was standing, I was, or it was me and my best friend right there in the outfield, and we were just watching the balls play over our head. <laughs> Nothing we could do about it. Yeah. Everybody was like, they were just like, like it was like us playing like against Barry Bonds. <laughs> <laughs> Had the All Stars on there. Oh man. It was, <laughs> But yeah, bas- like I said, I took basketball seriously. Mm-hmm. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, actually, I have a scar on my forehead from uh, playing rough Ooh. one time. Uh, where did that come from? That was from like the Little River Conference uh, tournament. I remember that. That was a. Uh, like I said, I, I like to play it dirty, but that that, that kind of got out of hand <laughs> at that point. Did you get elbowed? No, we. Uh, I went after a loose ball. Uh, I mean, this guy, like, we're going to loose ball, and we both, like, bumped heads, oh. and he was fine, yeah. and I thought I was fine until, uh, I was like, I was like, uh, we we're both on the ground trying to scramble around. I, I remember, like, hitting my head real hard against him, and he was fine, and, uh, like, I, like, it was right here, like, above my eyebrow, I thought it was sweat, I did that, I looked at my hand, and, like, my hand on my forearm was just red. I was like, what the hell, what is this? 
And then I just see like everybody, like I looked into like at the bench and everybody was just like, their jaw just dropped. And I'm like, is something wrong with me? Like, so I touched my head and I was like, oh, that's blood. <laughs> and there's just like, like I look like Carrie and there's this blood coming oh, down wow. my face. <laughs> and like, I remember like my coach is all freaking out. And, <laughs> and I was, I was like, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> there's <was> like, <laughs> oh man, that was. That was crazy. That was a crazy day. Did you need stitches or no? Uh, I think I did, actually. Did you? Yeah. Oh, man. man. It, it hurt, too. Damn. Yeah. And I think after that adrenal- adrenaline rush, when I got to the hospital, that was that, uh, because they had to do, like, the numbing. Oh, yeah, and yeah. it was, like, right there. It was a real tender, too, like, on, on my face. Yeah. I felt like, uh, I felt like Anakin in Star Wars when he's getting rebuilt <laughs> as Darth Vader. <laughs> Just going through that process. Yeah. <laughs> What uh, what projects have you worked on? Like, I was trying to find you on IMDb, but I can. No, oh, man, I wish I was on there. Yeah, you know, I've I've come so close to getting my uh, SAG card, and then they go off a different direction. Oh. Uh, most of the stuff I do is non-union. Mm-hmm. Like I had mentioned, the uh, Dinosaur World. That was actually my first speaking role. Uh, the same uh production uh, studio I did uh, um, God. I'm having a brain fart right now. Oh, uh, Jurassic Pet. I played like a like a henchman or security guard in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we th- did that in the summer of 2018. I remember it was so hot out there. I remember I had like the sickest like farmer's tan because they had me wearing like black jeans and black boots and like a fake bulletproof vest and a black t-shirt. And we're standing outside in the middle of like a field in Guthrie in, in the middle of August. You know how like, just, you know, just picturing how hot it was out there and there was no shade whatsoever. So we're just out, out in the sun all day. Uh, or like, like my skin started to look like my shirt. I'm like, man, oh man. <laughs> well, I'm not, like the first two days I look like a lobster was all red. <laughs> yeah. So we did that movie. That's, that's actually on video now. I think it might be on Amazon prime unless I checked. Mm hmm. Uh, I did the bygone. Uh, I think I'm getting to the point now where I can't remember the projects I've worked on because <laughs> there, there's so many. I don't, I'm like, or I'll be talking to some of my actor friends, like, "Yeah, you remember working on that?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, we did do that." <laughs> uh, I did. I did some uh, stuff for Life Church. Uh, for their, uh, I think it was Switch, I believe. We got the lead role for that. That was so much fun. Because like the first day we filmed in the studio, second day we did like an outdoor scene at this like old kind of like uh, Crystal Lake kind of camp in uh, Guthrie. Mm-hmm. That was an old rundown camp. It was so cool out there, and we did like a kind of like a camp bonfire scene. We did this uh, scene like we we're like running through like a field. And some of us have like flags and other of us have like uh, flares, like smoke flares. Mm-hmm. And we're just running through there. And like, it was a sick shot. And uh, the three main, uh, three main ones we did, we did like, I remember we did some stills with the flares like around us and like, like the smoke, like in the background, we're all standing out there in the field, like looking different ways. I remember that was, that was a cool shot. Uh, that was, I mean, that was so much fun. And then cause it was a three day shoot the next day we filmed like in a, like downtown Oklahoma city, like in the tunnels mm-hmm. and, uh, 
trying to remember where else. Like I remember like out in the street. Uh, I think in a coffee shop too. Uh, but that that was kind of like my first uh, first time doing kind of, kind of like a lead role. I didn't get any like speaking parts in it, but it was a that was a lot of fun doing that. Mm-hmm. I did the uh, Oklahoma Lottery commercial. For real? Yeah. The funny thing about that too, I got casted as as a skateboarder. Mm-hmm. Well, I come out to the set and they forgot the skateboard. So I'm like, what do I do now? Then I, I'm, I'm like dressed like I just like walk in the zoomies, <laughs> and, uh, and they're like they're like uh, sorry, but we forgot the skateboard. And I'm like, oh, so what do y'all want to do? And they're like, um, do you mind just tossing this uh, frisbee back and forth? I'm like, yeah, I can do that. So in the first shot, you just see me out there right behind like the main person. I'm just throwing a frisbee, <laughs> and like uh, they try to change like my uh, image a little bit, and they put me like, a little striped shirt. I uh, look like a uh, like a blue zebra. <laughs> Yeah, so in the, in the beginning shot, you just see me just playing the little frisbee. <laughs> I, mean, I, I was so stoked too. Like, I want to show off my skating skills with the skateboard. Uh, trying to remember what else I've worked on. I did the Life Church. I did Lottery, Smithsonian, the two dinosaur movies. Um, oh, I was an extra last year on the uh, Super Bowl commercial. That was a lot of fun. Uh, cause, uh, you know, working as an extra on that, I got to see like on a, on a much larger scale, uh, to see how that was done. Mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite things about that was they had like the football players running out of the, uh, out of the stadium at a uh, boom pickings and they had like, this like really cool, like golf cart that was rigged up that had the camera on it. So it was like running, it was like driving next to them. Mm-hmm. That was like one of my favorite things seeing that. Um, and on that one because they had a lot of extras on there so like uh, that day I got to hang out with all my friends because they showed up as well so that, w- that was a lot of fun being out there uh, I think the last film thing I did last year right before the pandemic I think it was like a, a week before uh, we had got the first COVID case in Oklahoma no it was actually in Oklahoma or it was actually when COVID actually was in Oklahoma uh and we filmed it at the airport mm-hmm. and it was like when those people came back from uh like the cruise or whatever that had covid no oh, yeah oh yeah yeah and it was like yeah. what well, it was like when it was like like brand new and we're filming in the airport where these people just came through like the day before and uh you know thinking back on that now i'm not like none of us were wearing a mask or right you know we're distant we're all like like packing this little tiny like waiting room mm-hmm. and i was sitting there thinking i was like it's like, dang, we was we was wilding right there. <laughs> um, we did like a, I think it was like a PSA or I can't remember which one it was. But I remember like the one of like the main guys. I was I was like one of like the paparazzi guys in the video, where uh, the main guy comes walking out of the limo. We're like hyping them up, taking pictures and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was actually one of the last jobs. I think that was last. It was last March actually. Uh. Other than that, you no, know, everything kind of you know just shut down. So I'm also you know just going to work, going to the gym, uh, doing textiles. Yeah, that's about it. Just waiting for it to end, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting. It feels like a. You ever seen that meme of a uh, Pablo Escobar from Narcos where he's just like standing around? Like, oh uh, yeah, yeah exactly. that, that's how I feel most days. I'm just standing around, just <laughs> waiting for something to happen. <laughs> 
what can I do? Yeah. Hmm. Like I already done this. Like <laughs> yeah. I've already watched all my, I've, I've already watched a uh, community like three times on uh, Netflix already. So like <laughs> what, what else is there to do? <laughs> I've already watched Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, there's a, there's one show I've been watching. I, I love it. Uh, it's a, it's on Hulu. It's a Rami. Rami. Yeah. Oh, I've heard of that. I haven't yeah, got to watch I, it yet. Oh, man, it's such a good show. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things that I, I like about the pandemic because I played so much video games. I'm kind of I'm at the point actually I'm tired of playing video games now. <laughs> uh, I watch so much movies and uh, I remember like uh, like some days I'll go on like on a binge and watch like Wes Anderson films or watch uh, Humphrey Bogart like all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's that's something I'll do like about the pandemic is having all that free time. Yeah, marathons. Oh yeah. <laughs> one thing I need to do. Uh, while I still can, I was rent out a uh, movie theater and watch all the Star Wars. Oh man, watch the good. One. I'm gonna watch the good ones though. I'm not gonna watch like <laughs> the Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do like Revenge of the Sith and Empire. <laughs> we're gonna go from Episode three to five just like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Rogue One. <laughs> we're not gonna talk about Solo. <laughs> Have you watched? Uh, dang it, The Mandalorian. <laughs> oh man, I love that show. So, uh, one thing that I like, um, being in film is I cannot watch anything without having to break it down. Like, uh, I like how John Favreau does, uh, his filmmaking cause he uses uh, miniatures. He likes to use a lot of practical effects, mm-hmm. you know, very minimal CG, uh, uh, so there, there's this one where they use like an uh an LED monitor where like the where um Mando's on, on the on the speeder bike mm-hmm. and it's not a CG screen, it's, a, it's actually like that like an LED monitor behind them. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, it like it like rotates with them. So it looks like like the whole entire landscape. Um Yeah, that, that's one thing I, I, I cannot do is watch a movie without like, huh, I wonder how they did that. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, because you know, being uh coming from like the uh uh doing the behind the scenes stuff seeing how the sausage is made uh i'm like i'll be sitting there i'm like thinking i wonder what like i wonder what camera they like you know what lens they use or i wonder what time of day uh, what time of day they shot this or uh you know that that kind of stuff that goes to my mind uh like like you know like you know, there's, there's some movies like i had to watch like three times to get it <laughs> to yeah. firmly grasp it like oh yeah okay now i get it um like 1917 or gettysburg or uh i think gettysburg is one i watched like four times because i had to like one check for historical accuracy one for the storyline um seeing all this behind the scenes stuff mm-hmm. and then two and then the last time to actually enjoy it <laughs> after i watched it so that, that's one like one of the things now i'm like i'm like watching a movie i'm like huh wonder how they did this <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll like i'll google it or whatever watching youtube video and see what how they did it I'm like oh this is actually pretty neat <laughs> I'm like everybody's like, like, why can't you just watch a movie normal anymore? <laughs> I'm like, no, like, I was like, I don't need sleep. I need answers. Yeah, <laughs> I changed. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a, it's a curse that every <laughs> actor and filmmaker has now. <laughs> oh man, that's cool though. You like, you're always wondering. Yeah, you know, you're always keeping that. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's like I so said. That's the once you see how the sausage is made, you're like. 
like you're always like thinking like i wonder how they did this <laughs> that's one of my, that's one of my favorite things about this uh, uh, like you know i had you know mentioned historically accurate films being a historian and understanding uh appropriate um costume design mm-hmm. or wardrobe oh, i don't like saying costume a wardrobe is uh my i'm like i'm like i'm like like sometimes I'll I'll like uh like pause the movie just to like look at one character or extras like outfit and make sure it's it's the right like the, like the other day I was watching Last Mohicans mm-hmm. and uh that's kind of closely related to what I study in uh, Seminole textiles it, it's like eighty years you know before but I'm still like looking at it make sure like this is the right stuff mm-hmm. like uh they're not mixing up time periods so that that's one of the things I, I look at now is making sure the movie is historically accurate i think the most historically accurate movie i've seen has to be uh either waterloo or gettysburg i think gettysburg probably the probably the best one really? yeah yeah <clears throat> i like the cool thing too about gettysburg uh how they saved so much uh, uh money for production was all the extras weren't uh actors they were reenactors that came like all across the country just to be in the movie and they did it for free too hmm. so that, that that kind of brought like a whole level different level of authenticity to the to the to the movie mm-hmm. that that's a that's a that, that, like so that I, I didn't know that until I, I finally like uh googled it up and like read all this stuff about like the behind the scenes stuff and how everything went down but yeah that's the uh, it's a, it's it's a it's a joyful curse, I guess. <laughs> now is that your favorite movie? My favorites, Gettysburg. Is that what, what you were just? Yeah, I need to watch that. I haven't watched. Oh, that. it's it's fantastic. I think my two favorite movies has to be Goodfellas and Silver Linings Playbook. Um, oh, I, yeah, I, I think Silver I think Lines Silver Linings Playbook. play is the, the movie that actually got me interested in being an actor. Yeah. Because I, I like how the story was told, I like the the cast, and just like the overall like, overall experience. So I remember, I remember seeing that like I was in ninth grade, seeing that in the theaters, and I, I, I think that, that that might actually might be the movie that kind of that made me like want to like actually do this. Because mm-hmm. I was like, like it was, it was one of those movies that kind of actually kind of moved me, like made me feel something, I guess. Yeah, and that got me excited. And I was, I was like, I'm like, I want to, I want to do what they did to me. So now here I am. <laughs> yeah. Here you are. Yeah. <laughs> Actually doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you can get back into it. Yeah. And get over this. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, COVID-19. <laughs> God. I think I'm out of words, uh, entirely now. <laughs> I just want to thank you for bringing me on. This is a pretty fun experience. Yeah, man. I'm glad you came on and, yeah. uh, Glad you wanted to, you know, you took the time to drive here. And, yeah. You know, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Um, we have to do it again. You're yeah, welcome absolutely. anytime. You know, like I tell the other people, yeah, well, anytime like you want to come on, you know. I'll have to come on and bring Riker and we'll tell our stories. I was thinking about that when you're talking about Riker. I was like, <laughs> man, have Riker and Jake and let's all sit here and chill and talk mm-hmm. about, you know. Whatever's going on. We'll and... probably end up talking about Motley Crue. <laughs> yeah. I'm down. <laughs> to do it. Oh, man. But yeah, um, this, this is a lot of fun. I, I like what you're doing with this. Thank you. Thank you. 
Absolutely, man. Yeah. I'm glad I can, I'm able to do it again, you mm-hmm. know, shit. But, uh, made some upgrades. You know, I need to get two more of these. Mm-hmm. Well, Jake, you want to let everyone know your social media? Yeah, so I'm on Facebook. You just look up uh, Jake Tiger. Um, you'll see my profile picture is my uh, magazine cover. And on Instagram, I almost forgot my Instagram just now. Uh, I think it's Tiger Muscle, if I remember correctly. It's kind of cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, same thing, just the same uh, same profile pic of me on the magazine. Hopefully, I get to change it sometime this year with another magazine cover. Hopefully. <laughs> But yeah, that's you can find my social on there. You got any clips on YouTube or anything? Uh, I I need to make a demo reel, just upload it. That's one thing I need to work on. It's getting a demo reel put together. It's one of those things I keep procrastinating on. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a king of procrastination sometimes. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, that was uh, Jake Tiger. I. Uh, like you said, follow him on Instagram or add him on Facebook. Really cool guy. Uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to Okie Podcast on pretty much everywhere. Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, YouTube. Uh, I'm going to take it off SoundCloud because they're trying to make me pay for more space. So. Oh, that's whack. Yeah, I know. That is whack. So thanks, SoundCloud. You just, <laughs> you just lost some good content. But... uh. But yeah, if you're not subscribed or following, make sure you follow Okie Podcast on that and uh, Instagram and Facebook page. And uh, yeah, so until next time, everyone, peace.